0: Take two. Today, Rinpoche emphasized the importance of understanding that even emptiness is conventionally existent, but not intrinsically existent, even conventionally or ultimately. So this is the pith of the Madhyamika Prasangika view. And even though Hinayana foe destroyers hold this view, they haven't coupled it with Bodhicitta, and this is why they lack omniscience. Okay, let's do it. Druja Nishu Sani. Druja Nishu Sani. Druja Nishu Sani. That's good. Nishu Sani. Kayare. Lung Tsar. That's good. Good, do you know? can share general wisdom, we'll go Substantially, Or it. the the to the toka the long sar need help ishinade yeah the long sar ah the long yearay the long sar you know
1: caviare the union rid de du
0: Gangin appears that minute particles are substantially existent. Here, let's go. Gangshear is J.
1: Wah. J.
0: Yeah, the eight substances. Dutsi Jay, Yomare. Okay, they didn't. Gunshin, they didn't. Drupa, you don't do Sheba, dong, jawa, gang. Chichen, the jawa, gang, tartu, par. Chichen, the long, sir. The jawa, too. Deche wombo. Deche wombo, chikshina, deche wombo. Okay. Ngate sampa. These ombe cheba shangi. Shido. Yeah, the datayen, in. Okay, just so I'm ngate the ngikela. So, uh welcome again everybody. We're in Lamson Kappa's third text in the Great Treatise on the Stage of the Path to Enlightenment. Uh so we are on page 171. 171. Uh, The middle of the text, um, right on 171, you'll see the beginning of a paragraph that says, Thus it appears. Everybody got it? 171, Midway, Thus it appears. Just the break part where the um, quote is complete from uh, the blaze of reasonings. I believe. Um,
1: All right. Dixon Ramachay to check. <laughs> Kududu I was able to get the जो जी चमें सुताने तो ताने तो मज़ नहीं मज़े तो जेजा भी दबा ले जां शिरा मावतर रांगे दबा ना जे जेजे दूधर खिलांबा मरी my father originated upon the people and have a clan for the country. But I'll be this a to go to the hospital. I'm to to the 송제 Semaim in, somebody a 후변데 타네도야 Rocky, be. Tanya Tanya お<音楽><音楽><音楽><音楽><音楽> You know, okay.
0: Mche, the Baba Vega, the Uma Ranjupa, the Dodepa, Dandran, Ranjupa, then the Dodepa, Dudishupi Ranjupa. Okay. So we're going to get started. Thus it appears, Um, and let me just put my mind convention. 624. I remember she ended there. Rumbache, share on the Kaba Castle. I just want to make sure I know, so I can show him if I need to. Rumbache, seek Tama. The Uh, do you know? Okay. Tuche, Mamboyomare. yomare. Tuche. Okay. Thus it appears that he asserts that each of the minute particles of a composite is a cause of a sensory consciousness and is substantially existent. Since, since he evidently asserts that each of these is the ultimate of minute particles, he implicitly accepts that partless particles are the perpetual... <laughs> wow! Per- partless particles are the per- per- perpetual condition for arising of a sensory consciousness. Therefore, Baba Vega asserts that sensory consciousnesses are non-mistaken if they are affected by neither the internal nor external causes of an error explained earlier. At the conventional level, he agrees the in, with the Satrantikas in his assertions about the perceptual condition for the arising of a consciousness. So just real quickly, obviously for anyone who's new, yet yeah, this all repeats pertains to what we were previously going over, so it doesn't really make a lot of sense. And then if you were here before, if you're not a genius, it doesn't make a lot of sense. So um, just to kind of break down the tenets just really quickly, um, the tenet systems are a way to put the philosophical views of various pendants together. So they're broken down in in the mainframe way into four tenets. The first is the Great Exposition School. Uh, the second, um, which is the Vabashaka school. The second is the Sutra school, or Satrantaka school. The third is the um, Mind-only school, Chittamantra, And the And then the third, fourth category uh, is the Middle Way, or the uh, Madhyamika, Madhyamaka. So when you divide Madhyamika, you can divide it into two major headings. Those two major headings being the Madhyamika, um, the middle way, uh, uh, auto- middle way consequence school, which is the highest, and the middle way autonomy school, which is right under that. There's only one category of the middle way consequence school, but the middle way autonomy school has two categories. Um, so what we're talking about in Sanskrit, the, the middle way um, consequence school is Madhyamika Prisangika. And then the Middle Way Autonomy Tan- School is Madhyamika Svatantrika. Uh, the Madhyamika Svatantrika has two categories. Uh, the Madhyamika Svatantrika uh, sautrantika, and the Madhyamika Svatantrika, um, I think it's uh, the, the Nipa. The, uh, here, I don't know if they don't know the Sanskrit. The Nadirshupe, yogic, the yogic, yoga, yoga I think it's the yogachara. I'll explain. So the the second, first category is the um, is called the middle way autonomy sutra school. The second one is the middle way autonomy um, yogic parentheses tending towards the mind only school. So one similar to the sutra school one similar to the mind-only school in the autonomy categories. Um, and the Baba Vega is, falls into the category of the Madhyamika, or, or let's do it in English first, into the middle-way autonomy sutra school. Or the Madhyamika Svatantrika Sautrantika. Uh, so that's the category the Baba Vega falls under. Um so, those are the, the ways that you can break down the, the middle way school. It breaks down basically into three, um, two major headings, and one major heading has two categories. The autonomy school. The autonomy school has one that's similar to the mind only and one that's similar to the sutra school. Baba Vega followed the one similar to the sutra school. The Najashupi Ranjupa Su.
1: Nejashupi Ranjupa. Su. Kamala so we have, in if we look at the category
0: of the um, the the yogic uh, um, middle way autonomy yogic school, which is the one similar to the mind only. Followers of that school would be Shandarashita. And Kamala Shila. Um, they would both be followers of that school. And then the, the Prasangika school, uh, which is the middle way consequence school, the highest school, you have Nagarjuna, Aryadeva, Chandra Kirti, Shanti Deva. Konsukanga, Uma Tenjor.
1: That, uh, Uma. Tenjor was. Kamala So
0: they, um, it was um and, and Kamala Shila, that brought the uh, Middle Way Autonomy School to Tibet from, from India.
1: The uh, Ranjupa Kunna
0: So though they were Middle Way Autonomy School holders, but they brought many. Many teachings to Tibet, but many, you know, of the, the 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 main teachings to Tibet, but their whole they were holders of the view of the Middle Way Autonomy Sutra School um, themselves. So then, when Atisha came to Tibet, Atisha brought the Middle Way Consequence School view to Tibet. I like the. George, mm-hmm. so uh, and, it, and even if it was there, it wasn't clarified. So when we say brought it there, means brought the intent, the true meaning of it. Because there were obviously books already that had the middle way consequence view in Tibet, but they consider Atisha. As just a historical perspective, at the time when Atisha came to Tibet, it was a mess in terms of the Dharma. Everything was getting mixed together. There were people teaching wrong view, people doing tantric things that were improper and saying it was okay. So Atisha was known as a reformer. And so that's probably why he is considered the one who brought this view, um, because it was so uh, muddled at the time. Um, And you have to have that, that view in order to practice Highest Yoga Tantra. You have to have the consequence view. So people were practicing without it. So that's why they needed clarification and so forth. All right. Um, So, uh, and then I think I left off at Chandrakirti's explanation of the Middle Way Commentary says, "Some uh, Some say that the Madhyamakas accept in conventional terms exactly what the Satrantikas advocate ultimately. You should understand that those who say this speak ab- out of sheer ignorance of the reality explained in Nagarjuna's fundamental treatise. Also, there are those who think the Madhyamakas accept in conventional terms what the. Vab- 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 why can't I say it? I just did. Vabashikas advocate ultimately. Those who think this understand nothing at all of the reality set forth in the Fundamental Treatise. For supermundane teachings cannot be likened to the worldly teachings in this manner. The learned should know that our system is unique." And just as a note here, uh, a lot of the views that the Middle Way Consequence School hold, not around emptiness, but around just general facts of reality, are similar to the Great Exposition School's views but not in the super-mundane teachings, not in those out-of-worldly teachings, um, only in those ones that are about generalities and so forth, not about emptiness. Uh, Thus, he does not accept even conventionally the partless subjects and objects that are posited by the distinctive tenets of these schools. Chandrakirti's commentary on the 400 stanzas says, It is not right for Buddhist schools to assert substantially existent minute particles, as do the vabashakas. Uh, so they're, they, all the schools up to um, the middle way consequence school posit some sort of intrinsic existence, uh, even if it's conventionally. They posit some sort of intrinsic existence. The middle way consequence school posits no intrinsic existence whatsoever. Thus he says he does not assert partless particles. So that's the point that's being made here. If it has any of this partless particles in it, it's not middle-way consequence view, period. Um, Chandrakirti is referring to things such as partless particles when he says that the Madhyamakas do not assert in conventional terms what the two schools, Vabhashika and Sautrantika, assert ultimately. He does not mean that Madhyamakas reject even conventionally everything these two assert as true. For while Vabashikas and Sattrantikas assert that things like forms and sounds are true, but Yamakas do accept the mere existence of these conventionally. In the commentary on the 400 stanzas, Chandrakirti refutes the assertion that even minute particle within a collection of minute particles in a sensory faculty is a cause of a sensory consciousness. He argues that the sensory faculties are not established either as being just those minute particles or as being something other than them. Thus, the basis of the sensory consciousnesses are sensory faculties that are ascribed in dependence upon those minute particles. Likewise, in the case of objects, He says that the objects of sensory consciousnesses exist as constructs that are contingently constructed. He also asserts that the consciousness is designated as direct in the sense of perceiving, but the object of consciousness is actually that is direct, that is directly before consciousness. Therefore, although the master Charnakirti, the master Vega, are alike in accepting external objects, they seem to differ in how they posit the sensory faculties and their objects. Uh, Earlier, while refuting that the sensory consciousness are valid with regard to intrinsic character, Chandrakirti's commentary on the 400 stanzas said that the object of a sensory consciousness is deceptive because it exists in a way in one way, but appears in another. Thus, things like forms and sounds appear to sensory consciousness as though existed by way of their own intrinsic character, but the intrinsic character that appears to them does not exist even conventionally. Therefore, Chandra Kirti asserts that these sensory consciousnesses are mistaken even conventionally. Still, it is not plausible for sensory consciousness to be valid cognitions that posit objects such as forms, sounds, and so forth, conventionally. The reason why those sensory consciousnesses are posited as mistaken is that there is no object that exists by way of the intrinsic character such as appears to them. The non-existence of such a subject object is established by a reasoning consciousness analyzing whether things exist intrinsically. It is not at all established by conventional valid cognition. Therefore, in terms of conventional consciousnesses, they are not mistaken. As for consciousnesses that perceive things such as a double moon or a reflection, Objects such as those which appear to them, two moons, a reflected face and the like do not exist. This is established by conventional valid cognition itself without relying on a reasoning consciousness. Thus it is appropriate that these wrong sensory consciousnesses and the five valid sensory consciousnesses be differentiated as correct conventional consciousnesses and correct conventional consciousness, incorrect conventional consciousnesses and incorrect conventional consciousness. So when a, a form is perceived by an eye consciousness, the eye consciousness isn't misapprehending the fact that it's a form, it's misapprehending that it's intrinsically a form, because the eye consciousness doesn't see the dependent origination. It just sees the form itself sitting there and believes that that's it. That's, that's its intrinsic nature, but conventionally it doesn't even have that. Um, it, it's merely a collection putting together with a name posited atop them. Okay, Sung um, Rinpoche.
1: <coughs> <coughs> ngay <Ne> ka- <coughs> If we were
0: to divide all of Lord Buddha's if we were to divide all of Lord Buddha's teachings into categories we would divide them into three. Um, so we could take all of the Kangjur and the tanjur. The Kangjur are the pronouncements of Lord Buddha, and the tanjur are the authentic Indian commentaries. We could take all of those teachings and summarize them into three categories. Uh, the first category is called the teachings shared in common with beings of small capacity. These are teachings that lead to the higher realms of cyclic existence in next lives. So these practices, So one engages in the practices of going for refuge to the three jewels of the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha, and engages in ethical behavior which abandons the ten non-virtuous activities. And in dependence upon these practices, one is able to achieve a higher realm rebirth. The next category of teachings are called the teachings shared in common with beings of medium capacity. And these are teachings for beings who wish to achieve nirvana, their own individual nirvana. So the practices are the three highest higher trainings. The highest higher training in ethics, highest higher training in concentration, and the highest higher training in wisdom. And independence upon practicing these three highest higher trainings, uh, one is able to achieve his or her own individual nirvana. Uh, the next category of teaching uh, is the, uh, called the teaching for beings of great capacity. These are teachings that lead to Buddhahood. Uh, this practitioner engages in the Four mentioned, everything already mentioned, and the practices already mentioned, uh, and then couples them with the generation of the mind that aspires to enlightenment, or bodhicitta, and then engages in the practice of the six perfections of generosity, ethics, patience, effort, concentration, and wisdom. And in dependence upon these practices, he or she is able to achieve Buddhahood. Uh, So, the reason that the first two are called shared in common with, teaching shared in common with beings of small, teaching shared in common with beings of medium, is because the higher teachings above them practice those as well. So, the reason that the teachings shared in common with beings of small capacity are called that. Are, be- is, are because the teachings for beings of great capacity practice all of those. And the teachings for beings of great capacity practice all of the medium teachings. And that's why they're called teachings shared in common, common with beings of medium capacity, because there's this common practice um, that everyone has to do um, uh, in order to achieve their aims. Dig Rinpoche.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, I just told what I said. Okay, other,
1: okay. okay. Tu et Rangitiniji, that's it. Nika Tanya do. May ban dollar sada to ala soba so ala soba chude chine daba nade raji raji ne mari badna de badna la na badhaje to na go tisher sada kamaji kondo do maino she mo bala soba kondo daba goba zuniya Kudu Minibi 아노 Rogging good to be Rajin, Zibi and Guba, Donato Moron Tanya do Shagula Tanya to Shagula, Tendawa Tanya be Sebu Mor Tene Wabi, Seba no, Truba Yella Telejembi, Tanya be Seba Rangawa Naja Morro Truba Maya Mangete Benah. <laughs> जीने Yuki तने तो चुनाने जुमा तब ने भी तने तो जुमा जुमा यहाँ कुंडू ते जुमा मंगेते हैं मारी नाजी डिश है तमो मारी जारी डिश कुंडू ते शेष सो बाहा गोवर्नर
0: we allow that it makes a difference whether a consciousness is known as mistaken dependence upon valid reasoning consciousness or conventional valid cognition. However, just as the referent of a perception of a f- reflected image as a face does not exist, so also the referent of a perception of anything as having intrinsic character does not exist. Just as forms and such which are empty of, empty of being a face exists, for this reason one cannot differentiate these perceptions in terms of their accuracy, even in relation to ordinary conventional awareness. So basically, the, the moon, the reflection, okay, we'll use the reflection of a face in the water. There's not a face in the water. That's not a valid cognition, if you believe there is a face there. But there is a reflection of a face in the water that is conventionally existent. But neither the reflection of the face in the water or the face itself that it's reflecting are intrinsically existent, either ultimately or conventionally. So that's all it's saying, is it's saying that the, the, there are incorrect perceptions that are not valid cognitions that one can have, is such as before if you were hallucinating or if you had jaundice and saw everything yellow, but there's an even deeper incorrect perception that occurs and that is always occurring, and that's this belief of this singularity, this intrinsic nature that the things have. So all the schools believe these things exist, but we're stating they don't intrinsically exist, meaning they don't exist the way we think. Um, I meant reply, right? Reply, indeed, something that exists by way of its intrinsic character and an object in a reflection that exists in accordance with its appearance as a face are alike in not existing conventionally. Also, forms and reflections are alike in existing conventionally. However, Chandrakirti's explanation of the Middle Way Commentary says, some dependently arisen things, such as reflections and echoes, are false and appear to be false even to the ignorant. Some things, blue in other forms, as well as minds, feelings, etc., appear to be true. The final nature of things, that is emptiness, does not appear in any way to those who are ignorant. Therefore, that nature, i.e. emptiness, and whatever is false, even conventionally, are not conventional truths. So someone who is, has ignorance doesn't see the emptiness in an object, um, even if they can see the um, incorrect nature of a conventional object such as a face just being a reflection in the water, um, um, they they even though they can perceive something that in conventional terms is incorrect doesn't mean that they perceive the lack of intrinsic nature um, uh, of an object and that's why they are called the ignorant so anyone who doesn't understand the lack of intrinsic nature is called ignorant and that's not. Uh, it's not used in the same way we would, like in a slang way in the, the West. It's you're either ignorant or you are not. Ignorant of emptiness or not ignorant of emptiness. Um, therefore, that nature, i.e. emptiness and whatever is false, even conventionally, are not conventional truths. He thus makes the distinction that blue and so forth are posited as conventional truths, while reflections in such are not. If someone were to challenge this distinction, how could we reply? Uh, this is what I think. Although forms and reflections are alike and are appearing to conventional consciousness, even a worldly consciousness can know that the reflections and such are false. Thus, they are not posited as truths for the world, that is, for a conventional consciousness. Blue and such are falsities, but a worldly consciousness can understand them as falsities. Hence, Chandrakirti posits them as truths for the world, that is, for a conventional consciousness. It is thus possible to distinguish objects as true and false in terms of conventional consciousness. It is likewise possible to distinguish subjects as accurate and inaccurate in terms of conventional consciousness. Quam. If a sensory consciousness is accurate in terms of conventional consciousness, this contradicts its being mistaken conventionally. <coughs> Reply. I just had to see what we were were fighting about. (laughs) Okay. Reply. There is the conventional in terms of which the sensory consciousness are mistaken when we say they are mistaken conventionally. Then again, there is the conventional consciousness in relation to which those unimpaired sensory consciousnesses are posited as accurate. If these two are the same, then there would be a contradiction. However, as these two usages of conventional are distinct, what contradiction is there? So there's just different usages of the word conventional. How are they distinct? uh, Reason refutes the essential or intrinsic existence of forms and such. It cannot do this ultimately because nothing can be done ultimately in the system which refutes ultimate existence. So it must do it conventionally. For that kind of conventional consciousness, the sensory consciousnesses are mistaken. Apart from that, a sensory consciousnesses are not mistaken as seen by ordinary conventional consciousnesses. Thus, there is no contradiction. For example, it is like the worldly convention. Some are here, some are not here. The term some is the same, but no one supposes that the some who are here are the some who are not here are the same. The some who are here and the some who are not here are the same. So, also, the non-mistaken quality of the sensory consciousness is posited in terms of an ordinary worldly consciousness. Madhyamikas do not assert them to be non-existent, non-mistaken. It is like the statement by Chandrakirti, those are true for the world. Therefore, the Madhyamikas posit the sensory consciousnesses are mistaken. Nonetheless, it is not a contradiction that these sensory consciousnesses posit their (laughs) false objects. Rather, if a true object were (laughs) posited, it would... be contradictory for us to claim that it was posited by a mistaken subject. Conventionally, we assert that all phenomena are like a magician's illusion and are therefore false in conventional terms. Still, it is not contradictory to posit them as conventional truths, Gunsut Demba. Chandrakirti's commentary on the middle way says, because ignorance obscures the nature of phenomena, we call it the concealer. Hence, there is no contradiction in something being true for the concealer that is, ignorance false for the conventional consciousness with, with which we refute the essential existence and phenomena. Another way to translate um, in Tibetan and in English. Um, so this isn't just something that's tricky use of the English words. Um, you can translate the, even the Sanskrit of... Um, <coughs> the con- we use conventional <coughs> for... It can be, um, if you look at the etymology of the word, I think that it's more accurate to to be called uh, concealing truth. And what is it concealing? It's concealing its ultimate nature. Um, so that's just, that's what they're talking about in here, is that the etymology of the word in Sanskrit and in Tibetan, and now in English too, um, uh Leans more toward concealing truth, and you'll see sometimes uh, Chandra Kirti give a whole discourse on why why it's called that or should be a concealing truth, but um, that then leads though. If it were called that, you can see how it's a problematic. Um, it would seem like it's a truth. It's not true. It's concealing the truth. Um, it is, but it's not because the object is true. The object exists. So that's why they chose to say conventional. They use the word conventional. The the gunzo the ne the geche the gunzo the the dunda ni yure, the uh puikogomare the gunzo the the jelpo the gunzo dang the the ni the dawa the dawa drapa the tsansan, the gunzo the dunda kakare the uh Let's go. Let's go. (laughs) Let's (laughs) Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go.
1: Let's go. 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 Let's go.
0: Let's go. 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 let us go No, us go let 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 us go the gunzot sansa san, the the donde garai, the
1: nang lah, the the dawar dropa, kelen, the gunzot san san. Cuba ni dia lah, ni dia macam apa ni? Saya cuma taruh tera, umam be. Cuba, jual dada nang, Yu cuma jual, mungkin dia. Yu cuma jual nang Yu tanya tu cuma tahu, cuma tahu is that their Марсус wants to open the screen for shipping theınız. the Marcos remained there the other side of frothy chand mother thought was the right opposite of underneath food, she gave birth the mother
0: the Kaka Pecheche,
1: Gunzo Sansan Drapa, Kaka Gudu Gunzo, Gudu You the to the 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 Gudu the
0: yeah, I don't know how to ask this question properly because it's the same word, so it's the different usage. The sansang de gunzo, the the pecheche, the sansang gunzo, NGK conventional, sansang concealer, ganginsaena. The um gunzo, the demba, the NGK the Dunda jik 10, the solo dondanja. Yene Gunzok the the Genda the the pudding the shogo gunzo the Gunzo Gare the Dundan Damba so do I'm trying to explain it in paper and pen, concealing the pen. See what I'm trying to do here. The shogo the gunzo good yene the the shuk pudding. The pudding chandagu. Yene shogo the shana the pudding Gunzo conceal I got I need to anyway we can table this I've seen it broken down maybe it's a san, in the Sanskrit I've seen it done I I just don't know how to ask this question um, anyway the statement so where did I leave off I'm sorry did I read it all Last part, right? The statement in Chandra Kirti's explanation of the middle way commentary, whatever is false, even conventionally, is not conventional truth, refers to a conventional valid cognition, which realizes that things like reflections being an actual face are false. It cannot simply refer to forms and such being false in conventional terms. So Rinpoche said, if we use the words conventionally existent and conventional truth, these are two different meanings. Um, so something um, something can be conventionally existent, um, such as emptiness is conventionally existent, but it's not conventional truth, it's ultimate truth. So when you compare the two subjects, conventionally existent and conventional truth, you come up with, when you do the, is it three permutations, four permutations, mutually exclusive, or synonymous, you find that there are three permutations. You find that if it is conventionally existent, it is necessarily the musum, Musum gecheshe. If it is gunzu yoba dan gunzu demba musum gecheshe tanda. So if it is conventionally existent, it's can. If it is conventional truth, it is conventionally existent. If it is conventionally existent, it is not necessarily conventional truth. Posit, posit. What is that then? They would say, the subject emptiness. The subject emptiness is conventionally existent, but not conventional truth. Why is it not conventional truth? Because it's ultimate truth. Ultimate truth and conventional truth are mutually exclusive. And then, is there something which is both? Uh, A car. A car is conventionally existent, and a car is conventional truth. Is there something which is neither? You could say a rabbit with horns. Um, So, this is how you you show the usage of the word um, and we'll get into the concealing part later. I don't know how to ask the question appropriately, obviously, um, but you will find the etymology broken down in Chandra Kirti's text, where he says that it's a better way to, to use it as concealing or hidden um, uh, than uh, than that. I think I have another way to ask it. The remache Triwa dan lenja digsun. Maybe okay. Okay. Um gatsu leyu sarpa gutso gudu. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, So now we can move on if uh, people have any questions. So Rinpoche said anything that isn't emptiness um, or cessation is conventionally conventional truth. So ultimate truth is emptiness and cessation.
2: Of, of how to meditate on emptiness. And it, is this a method, if I look at that pot, and it, the pot in front of me exists, but that pot um, at one time was maybe mud. Okay. That somebody had then taken the mud and formed it uh, on a wheel or a pottery wheel to make that pot. Yes. So where the mud came from was um, elements, and so you trace it back from the elements of in the in the ground. Maybe it was some kind of veg- vegetation with minerals and so forth that made that mud, and 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 then you go back to that origin of where those particles came from. And then you come to the point that the pot came from nowhere. It didn't. Doesn't. It isn't there. No, the I, pot came from all that stuff. It can No. Yes, I know it came from that. Yeah. But I'm <laughs> the pot of, came from everything I'm, you I'm, I'm just trying, said. I'm trying to go to emptiness. No, but to,
0: emptiness. is You are. You were in emptiness that whole time. Yeah. Everything you said was emptiness. Okay. When you said this came from that, and that came from this, yeah. that is what emptiness is.
2: Okay. It, but the pot. I'm trying to think of myself. Yeah. That's one thing. But then the pot is another thing. No, so, the pot uh, is the, all of
0: that. And that's why yeah. it's not intrinsically a pot. Okay. It's not intrinsically just a pot because it has mud and the mud has all of these other things and yeah. it has a maker and it has yeah. a machine and all of these things dependently originated and came together to make that pot.
2: Okay.
0: There's no intrinsically existent pot that's separate, that you can find that's separate from all of that stuff that you just said. All of that is, de- is its emptiness. That's what emptiness is. What, if you say, that is empty, why? Because it dependently originates. Everything that you just said is the reason why it's empty. Okay. Yeah, everything you just stated, that is the med- that's the meditation on emptiness. Everything no. you just said is the meditation. I'll, but I'll sh- you're not getting to emptiness. That is the emptiness. Oh, its so emptiness isn't some final point. There is no final point. That's the point. So if, so That's every, its emptiness. Is so that, every
2: step in that way is emptiness. Yeah,
0: every step is, its, <laughs> is the reason at, that it's empty. Okay. Every one of those steps is the reason that it's empty. Because every one of those places that you came to or started at, mud, right. mud is empty. Why is it empty? Because mud is this, that, and I, the other thing. What's this, that, and the other thing? Well, that part that's empty because it came from this. So everything you find, that's the dependent origination of causes and condition. That there are two kinds of dependent origination. You're explaining one of them. Okay. The other one is that just the the collection coming together, serving as a basis and naming it. But that okay. that cause and effect that you're talking about. Yeah. Is dependent origination. The Rimche the Gom the Tomba ni Gomjap Gari Yakshu Kon Sampa the Kon Gayu Dagudu. Then Gayu the Gayu Zuken Yure, then Sheen Gugudu, then they, the Shiksena Sa Gogudu, then they Mambo Mambo Gugudu, gu the Ju danchen the Juje, Juje Juje, the Juje Mambo San danga Dein Sunsang Dandel, Dein Sun Sang Tomba Dendel yin be. So I just explained what I said in your question, and he said that that's exactly it. That is medita- he said that is the meditation on emptiness. This dependent origination is meditation on emptiness. Then the Dendel Dendel Ni show, So there are two (coughs) kinds of dependent origination. The first is called dependent origination of causes and conditions. And this refers to impermanent phenomena and their dependent origination. So because of this there is that you see that in text sometimes and that's referring to cause and effect um, so you have the cause and effect many causes and effects that lead up to as you said the cup um, that is it, the dependent origination of causes and conditions the other kind of dependent origination is the labeling of collections so the, all of those things that you're talking about came together as a collection that then serves, that collection is a, is a dependent origination also. That, that collection that came together and serves as a basis to be named. And the reason for the two is that everything is empty. So you come to a permanent phenomena and you, you have to be able to show then how is a permanent phenomena empty because there are no causes for it. And then you say it's empty because of the empty through establishment establishment of collections.
3: I'm just a little confused about the different schools and tenets of thought. Is the Madhyamaka school the only Mahayana Buddhist school? Are the other ones Buddhist schools mm-hmm. also?
0: Yes. Rinpoche, uh, the Dutta Mahajir, the sound that's down on the the dawa, the Gugumari. Yene, the consul kanga Nampayan, Nampayan, the J. You got number okay, okay. Nampayan. Then, consul kanga, Techen, Teme,
1: Teme to the money, Tija to the Yene, the Shilaman, Dutabani, Teme to the more, Bani, the Tibachim to the more.
0: The, then, the um, the techen Lobjung Sheken Dodepa Yurebe Dodepi Daoya Yurebe Dodepa sanchanchus Dodepa Shanchu Samba Okay so um all of the four let's uh, I'm just going to use the English okay just cuz sometimes I think it makes word salad that I understand in my head um and I'm just it's maybe not as helpful so there are four Tenets, major tenets. The Great Exposition School, the Sutra School, the Mind-Only School, and the Middle Way School. All of those are Buddhist schools, all four of them. Now, when you study tenets, you study non-Buddhist schools as well when you're studying these four. So that's why sometimes people... Yeah, it becomes confusing because you'll say the tenets and you'll start talking about the Samkhya school and the nihilists and, and so forth. Those are just non-Buddhist schools that are studied while you study Buddhist tenets. So that's why you hear about the kind of mix of them. Those four are the, Buddhist, the, the four Buddhist tenets. When you hear of nihilism and all those other things, those are not Buddhist tenets. Um, So the Great Exposition School and the Sutra School, the first two, are considered uh, Hinayana tenets. Now, okay, and then the next two, the Mind Only School and the Middle Way School are considered Mahayana tenets. But there can be Mahayanists that hold the view of the lower schools. But those are view; those are considered at like a if you're labeling level Hinayanist schools. But it doesn't mean that there's never been a Mahayana that was holding the view of Sautrantic Sutra school or Great Exposition school. It means that those schools are primarily labeled as Hinayana schools. Those schools are primarily labeled as Mahayana schools. But there's also as a final note from the translator, you cannot become a, an arhat, a foe-destroyer, without holding the middle way consequence view. So, there obviously have to, with that being said, there have to be Henianists that are holders of the Madhyamika the, Prasangika the view because they have arhats. You either have to say there are no arhats or they practice the middle way consequence view. I just told him what I said. Thank you. I had a question. What is
3: the difference between the Medicine Buddha and Green Tara? And why? Are they like green and blue? Does that have yeah. something
0: to do with like healing? Mm. It's so, so it's uh, more simple. You're going to love the answer. Grimace. The garishine, the triwani,
1: meladang droma, chapagare. I love the drama. Chapagare. What the chaboyuris? Droma.
0: Yeah? Mela lo so. mambo, the ngay, the not, may not say you can. Robert Kalpa the
1: drama drama kabutan then, then
0: the 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 Kadok Mambo kongi
1: deja sambi so, um, so uh,
0: green. So Tara and Medicine Buddha um, have different um, things that they made aspirations to uh, focus on when they became a Buddha. So Medicine Buddha, for instance, before Medicine Buddha was a Buddha prayed I want to help sick I am want to be someone when I become omniscient I want to be a helper of those who are sick um so when medicine buddha became a buddha because of his in his this case his um heavy familiarization with that that was that's kind of the leaning way that he leans to helping and tara sim- similar um um for long life um and wisdom, and just things of that nature. But all of the Buddhas have the same potential. So it's not like one has more power like, than this or that. They're all Buddhas. Um, and then the next part of this answer kind of mixes into why are there so many colors? Yeah. Because we have attachments. Some of us like blue. Some of us like green. Yeah. Some of us like red. So we have more affinities for those colors. So the Buddha manifested in various affinities, various colors because of the various affinities and the various attachments to various colors and so forth.
3: His, his uniform, like, I don't know, it's like, you know what I mean? It's, like his, it's, just, it's just his signature color that he decided to project.
0: I, I, it's nothing. It's just, it, yeah, I think it's just like, hey, there's a bunch of people who like blue I want to help. You know okay, what I mean? Yeah, and, yeah. and and They're and just, that are just, sick. So I'm going to be blue and I'm going to help sick people.
2: That makes a little more sense.
0: That's it's really... And that's why Tara... You'll see the 21 Taras are all different colors. Right. Because there's all the different attachments to colors. Yeah. So yeah. Tara manifested herself in so many. That there's, kind of there may be even other reasons, but the main reason why the colors is because people like color. People get attracted to... People see blue and think placid. It's exactly calm. What
3: was, yeah. Okay. That's that answers my question perfectly. These beings
0: are omniscient, so they're on another level of doing stuff than us. Yeah, you know well, what I mean? So who knows? So they they kind of know, maybe. That knew Mo- that they know everything. Was like,
3: he knew that his would benefit beings being blue. Is that would funny? have to be. wouldn't yeah.
0: be blue if it wasn't. Okay, yeah. If that wasn't the case, Medicine Buddha wouldn't be blue. Right. Because everything that Medicine Buddha does is out of love and compassion exactly. in order to help beings. Yeah. There's not a move, a breath, or anything that a Buddha t- makes or takes that isn't for the sake of others. Right. So okay. That makes, makes sense. Ugh. Why'd Nike make those, you know? Because there was demand. (laughs) Supply and demand, baby. (laughs) (laughs) That
3: last uh, question made me think of something interesting. If
0: you look at... um a lot of the
3: Tibetan mandalas, you see, there's a, uh, a Buddha portrayed in the the lowest realm, that hell, the Narakas. and what you just said, you know, the Buddhists take on the appearance exactly of the the things that you know we since we have attachment to blue and green. So what would a you know if you know in these hell realms, these are beings that are totally consumed by anger, and Buddhas are supposed to be free of that. So would the Buddha appear as some kind of representation, like like if a Buddha appeared, you know, the Buddha of the hell realm, would he? Appear Appear in a, this. See, this, evil-
0: the, the, the reason it's tough is it would appear however it was needed. So, for instance, there's a story of how, in one of the previous life stories of the Buddha, he saw somebody pulling a cart and, and took over that was suffering pulling it and had compassion and took over pulling it. And, and that was an act of a bodhisattva. He was a bodhisattva at that point, not a Buddha. Um, and a lot of times the depictions of the, the beings in the hell realms are bodhisattvas, not, bo- not Buddhas. But it doesn't matter. Um, they would appear however they needed to at the moment. If they needed to fit in to help, they would fit in to help. If they needed to express something that was out of the ordinary there to help that wouldn't hinder in any way, then that's how they would do it. So Rinpoche, the, the semba. The n Sansang nyawa drogudu n ropache the nyawapa ropache. Then San Sanjay Nyawa the Dro Tugudu. Then konsu ropache. Nyawapa ropache tugudu. Tu. Then the the shan'sba nyawa dena konsu the 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 nyawa de the shan shan't you semba tung nyawapa tung. they don't they can't so they, the hell beings
1: wouldn't
0: even be able to see a a, a, a buddha they would so i'm asking if the hell beings would see other him as a hell being or a bodhisattva if they would notice that there was something someone else there and they Rinpoche just said the, the, the beings that were there wouldn't see a bodhisattva necessarily but but that it's definitely true whatever is needed to whatever action is needed to help beings that being will do but it has to be of benefit in all angles like start to finish previous life past life it's got to all connect so that's people say well why isn't the buddha helping right now well there might be in a karma you need to extinguish in order to be free from something even worse you know so there's something bigger going on that and a buddha can't change your karma because a buddha is not a god
4: in that and uh, not omnipotent Maybe maybe one or two more questions. Okay. Um, beings of great capacity yes. have already achieved individual liberation, nirvana. No. The ones that have, you're yes. saying? Beings okay. of great capacity, if they've already. They're Buddhas then? No, they're teachings for beings of great capacity. I thought they were teachings to uh, achieve Buddhahood. But you said if. A being, w- a being of great capacity.
0: Yeah, you said a green, being, being of, of great, great capacity, capacity, capacity
4: that achieved. has achieved individual liberation. Individual
0: liberation is Buddhahood for a being of great capacity. You know what I'm saying? Liberation, if a being of great capacity is liberated, they're a Buddha.
4: I thought that that is what a being of great capacity, that studying the six perfections, a being of great capacity, they're teachings for beings of great capacity. Right. Those are for bodhisattvas. Okay, so yes. they've achi- So someone has achieved individual liberation. That's no. getting
0: the... Indivi- where's the individual liberation coming from? That's a, the part a I'm medium, getting confused.
4: A, a teaching, the teaching they have for bodhicitta,
0: someone. they're a bodhisattva, but they do not have individual liberation. Individual liberation is nirvana. Nirvana is... A, a, a great, the great capacity is nirvana, is Buddhahood.
4: Okay, being of medium capacity... They are, they are, they're teachings for beings of great capacity so they can achieve individual liberation.
0: So they can medium achieve ca- Buddhahood? No,
4: medium capacity. Medium
0: capacity is to achieve individual,
4: individual liberation. liberation. Fact. So you get to there. Okay, someone who has achieved individual liberation. Okay, so somebody who's an arhat. Okay. Now they have to go through these teachings for beings of great capacity. Fact. There's these extensive teachings on... Understanding the nature of reality, and so why do they need those teachings? They if don't. They, then why are they in the six perfect? Why Why do they need the six perfections and those last to accumulate the teach-
0: merit? To accumulate the merit necessary to get rid of the self cherishing attitude that they still have as an arhat. Okay, but so many of those teachings seem like they're on the nature of reality. But how many? Pe- how most beings aren't going to go that way. That is, you're you're talking about like. A very rare, per- like someone who actually was, decided, I'm only going to study Hinayana, and then that person went through and achieved nirvana, mm-hmm. and then went many, many eons and had a Buddha come up to him and wake him up and say, hey, there's more to do. Right. That's, this is the most rare kind of being that even the Buddhism could study. You know what I mean? That's not the normal way. That's, the, that's a very abnormal way to go about becoming enlightened. To never meet the Mahayana in any, any point in time, and you study only Anayana, I'm only doing this for me, I'm only doing this for me, all those lifetimes, and then you, get, you hit that nirvana, and then to be able to be awoken, that's a rare case. So these teachings, aren't pri- those aren't, they're not written for them. Those beings already have the Madhyamika view of, of emptiness. They already have it. But they, they don't have omniscience because they have obstructions to omniscience. The obstructions to omniscience haven't been removed. Rimache, kongi de, kongi triwa des kali kapu du yene kali kapu yomare. The garishene the 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 teme da jomba. the the ngatsu the jipo chembo jipo chembo the tomba nib the mumbo nangla yere yene the teme da jomba. The <laughs> jema jema jama The techen lojung shegu Yene gar shene The Jipu chenbo. Tomba ni mamo geche Gang yin sene teme da jumba Tomba ni Gutsogudu. Then gar shene Kon su de shegugu mare. The techen da jumba The shene dang hatung lojung shegugu <laughs> maare? Gang yin sene kon da jumba <laughs> Yene consu the soak yomare. Sonang soak yomare. Then a consu the ninji kuna lobjung shagadu? Şey Semche kuna? gar shene gar shene consu the um Namchen yo Dets get to shay. Şey. Shidipacha, Nujipacha, to <coughs> Rimche. I <laughs> La get to şey go,
1: Mge Chiran so mm. okay. okay. Then,
0: the rimiche the Teme da Jumba, yeshe get soak yo marabe. Then, Gari Shane, konsu in a consu yeshe yere, then the Gari Nyamdu go, in the Teme da Jumba, umi tenjo dawa yere, con doni do be shira yere, then, the yeshe garit soak
1: yeshe garit. Is she the two do be shira, Jazimbe, doni do do. Ale. <laughs> okay. okay. Then, the
0: Ale, the semche sum. Ninji sum. Senchen la chu mi me, Mime. me, de me, me, I'm not saying I don't, I just, it's really cool. All right, so a Hinayana foe destroyer, a Hinayanist who has achieved the state of nirvana, their own individual liberation, has abandoned what are called the afflictive obstructions. They no longer have afflictive obstructions, so they are no longer have the causes for cyclic existence and suffering. But the imprints of those afflictive obstructions are still present so those imprints are what causes that being to not be omniscient those are the barriers to their ability to know all so they still have a then then um they still have these imprints left over from all of their afflictions so all all of the, the afflictions and afflictive obstructions left these subtle imprints and they're still there and these create barriers um to to them. The the Rinpoche, the uh the Teme, the Dajomba, um the Garchin the, the um Dakshan Yamja, the dun the uh Yomari, the the, 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 the the Ran the Ran, the Zimba, the
1: D meingare.
0: Rajen Zing. The dajomba Ranchen Yrib. Okay, so the Hinayana destroyer still has the self-cherishing attitude. So there's still, because the, the Hinayana destroyer has not generated great compassion, and he or she has not generated the mind that aspires to enlightenment, um, they still have A, self-cherishing attitude, and B, imprints of the afflictive obstructions. Um, so the only thing that can get rid of those are the accumulation of merit and wisdom the accumulations now yes they held previously the correct view of emptiness they had the wisdom realizing emptiness but it wasn't coupled with bodhicitta remember how we um have the three kinds of compassion compassion that uh, um, that focuses on sentient beings one that focuses on phenomena, and then one that focuses on the observationless. That kind of compassion, and, or bodhicitta, you could also say, that, and at that, at the point of a bodhisattva, that kind of bodhicitta, which recognizes the absence of reality of the sentient being and the impermanence, and so forth, has a power to get rid of these things, these negativities, it falls under the category of collection of wisdom. I asked him, why do they need to collect wisdom if they have wisdom? And he said, it's the different wisdom. It's a powerful wisdom that's coupled with bodhicitta um, that a faux destroyer doesn't have. There's some power in that wisdom coupled with this uh, immense idea, I don't know any more than I'm saying, that allows it to categorically fall into the um, collection of wisdom. And then the collection of merit are all of the other bodhisattva practices that haven't been engaged in, which serve to accumulate to get rid of the self-cherishing attitude that gets rid of other barriers. So that's the work that the faux destroyer still has to do, even though he or she has the view of reality, it's only focused on their small world, not in Freeing everyone and and eliminating barriers that still keep them with I. This subtle, subtle idea of I is still there. Even though they have the emptiness and everything, if there's self-cherishing, that self is there. Well, I've had a huge debate about this. So there's still, there's still this subtlety that's within the imprint level that the faux destroyer, that doesn't make the faux destroyer have to go to cyclic existence, but still keeps them from being omniscient. So it's like just being in a state of bliss, not really, you know, having trained to do anything else. You're not even trained to get up. The Buddha has to come and remind, like, speak to you of the Mahayana. You don't just get up and say, I'm going to go practice Mahayana. According to the text, a Buddha comes to this faux destroyer somehow and says, there's more. Luke. Luke. <laughs> next not next and last. Ooh. can we do one more Two, that's uh, sure.
4: Thank you. Um, this will be a I hope a quick question. <laughs> The breath, uh, when you breathe out, that's a form. That's form. It's a form. Breath is It's a form. phenomena.
0: Uh, okay.
4: Uh, the, um, when uh, I'm she, trying Lung
0: Zuyin? Lung Zuyin? Uh? Lung. Lung. Uh. Lung Zuyin? Zu. Zu. Dra, dre, ro, reja. Zu. Zusurua. Long. Reja. Long. zu yomare. Reja. Okay. So, just to start, um, breath is considered feeling, not form. Mm-hmm. So, I don't think that's the pith of your question, though.
4: Is no. It, what, um, it's really um, using the breath in. Meditation, where you watch your breath mm-hmm. going in and out, your attention. Um, and I, I just wanted clarification on, of course, the question of form and formless. How, how
0: form is is yeah. yeah, it's just something with form and something without form. It really right, does form, right, right,
4: right but in relationship to the breath. There is really there
0: isn't any relation to the breath. There, I, there no. isn't. No, form and formless. The breathing meditation is used to harness your mind and mm-hmm. to stop it wandering. Right. Um, so that's the only use of the breathing meditation. It's usually used to calm the mind. It's a, one of the most introductory meditations to do, just to calm the mind and bring it to a level where you can start meditating and start analyzing things. The next level is meditating on the emptiness of the breath um, mm-hmm. and that would be the next level of difficulty of, of wind meditation and then the final difficulty would be tantric meditation where you imagine the winds are being moved in the channels in various ways um, and realizing the, simultaneously their emptiness so um, do you mean just the general one for calming the mind? Rimche uh. ugom uh. ugom the the zudan zume ugom the drawa zume So there, in the formless realm, there's no no breath. Uh-huh. So, for, when we talk about form and formless, rimachay goes right to the the only time we use that word in Buddhism is re- referring to a specific realm. Uh-huh. In cyclic existence, there's three realms the desire realm, the form realm, and the formless realm. Um, so in formless realm, there is no breath. Um, so I asked him if there was some connection to form and formless and breathing, and he said no, because in formless, there's no breath because there's no there, there is no breath. Then the the um, ooh, ooh, Zuyin? Ooh, Zuyin. okay, I said that, and breath is uh. I said it incorrectly. So breath and wind aren't the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, breath is form. So breath itself is form. The Rimache lung, lung zu lung. Okay. Lung ale, lung dang uh u kakare? Okay. Okay. Kakare. Ale. Inji ke omare. Inji ke ngutsu get picheche. Dale trugdu. Yeah, so, lung, which is the, the rameche, the lung, ngatsu, the sukpo, kasakala lung yore. Then they, u, de kakare. U dan lung kakare. Chapa yomare. Musum. But there are uh, so, the lung, ale, u yena lung yin bi cha, lung yena u yin bi Then
1: macha Ah. Lung yena u yin na? No, you
0: know, oh, you majalla, bro. They're not me, bro. They—they're not such a long. Not such good long draw. Okay. So, if it is breath, it is necessarily wind. So the 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 word for there's the breath and wind are two totally different things in Buddhism. So we use them interchangeably sometimes, but I guess they're not at all. So the word for breath, breathing, and the winds that go around in our body are totally different aspects. And Rinpoche said that if it's it's breathing, it's necessarily wind. But if it's wind, it's not necessarily breathing because we have winds flowing through our fingers in the channels and so forth. Um, So that isn't breathing. Um so there is a, a different aspect to what is meant by breath air and wind cuz sometimes lung wind is translated as air a lot and then air and breath i guess it's two different things you breathe air. so the question then then I, the the ugom don donda garre
1: Garishene ugom pento garipentogudu <laughs> <laughs> the Old Gona, <laughs> they the
0: Mambo, Salomon, Mambo Ugon Pentogodue. Tongo Gondis, Mr.
1: Mambozantan, your mother's. Know, then mm. eh, Yene, mm. the Miba Gonchita in the Gilajavasha. Miba Chile, San Sigido, Stan Gong Gordis. Then
0: eh, the May Cache, June. The sem salom ambu dandu. The Ugom Nepo Pentogudu. The Salon okay. Okay. So um the breathing meditation is very beneficial uh for um, busy mind. Um and it's and it's something that be, um, can be said to be the beginning stages of single pointed concentration meditation. Um, because you're focusing on one object um, and bringing your mind to that one object. So you're training in single-pointed concentration when you're focusing on the breath. So it's a preliminary practice for the achievement of uh, uh, shamatha, or uh, uh, single-pointed concentration. Um, but And it serves as an antidote to uh, busy, a busy mind. Okay.
4: Okay. Uh. Okay, I'll end there. It's another thing, but I... Quick
3: question, Jeff. So is it more common for there to be a Mahayana practitioner from the start, or do most people go through the Hinayana first and then enter the uh, Mahayana?
0: During... See, the thing that's going to be asked is now, during this period in time, Mm -hmm. or all the time. Yeah,
3: I'm thinking all the time. Mostly <sighs> like the average, you know.
0: Uh, it's more that there's no Buddhism whatsoever. Oh. Rimche the um tumamepa tumo mepa. Nga The techen mepa mamo the Dajomba chasar. Sanje dan Dajomba Chaksar. Then... the Teichen more Teme more. Teachin da jumbo more. Sanjay more. Trankajana? Similar amounts. Thank you. Anyone else? Question? That's it. Unless somebody needs to know something to go on. (laughs) I wouldn't want to cut that off. (laughs) Like you're a minute away from enlightenment. You just needed me to answer. All right. Are we good? We don't have that, right? (laughs) And you would know. So, You would know. It wouldn't be maybe. It might be there. You would know. Those who know, know. You don't have to ask. (laughs) The fundamental ground is scented with incense and strewn with flowers, adorned with Mount Meru, the four continents, the sun and the moon, I imagine this as a Buddha land and offer it. May all sentient beings enjoy this pure realm. I dedicate whatever virtues I have collected for the benefit of the teachings and of all sentient beings, and in particular for the essential teachings of Venerable Lozandrapa to shine forever. I send forth this jeweled mandala to you, precious Guru. I dedicate all this virtue to emulate the knowledge of the Hiromanjushri and likewise Samantabhadra as well. With whatever dedication is praised as supreme by all the conquerors who traverse the three times, I also dedicate all my roots of virtue for the sake of auspicious deeds. In that pure land surrounded by snowy mountains, you are the source of all benefit and happiness. All-powerful Avogateshvara Jatsu, may you stay until samsara's end. I pray for the long life of the precious Ken Sir Wandok, upholder of scriptural and realizational doctrines, the spiritual friend who trained extensively in the five great philosophical texts with exceptional wisdom and perseverance.